before we, uh, before we go into the scripture, I want to point something out and you'll see just how much the Lord was working with me late last night and this morning about changing a little bit uh, in the message and this falls right in with it. Uh, separately, I was talking to Brother Tim yesterday. Uh, he's down in Tucson, Arizona. And he said, I've been reading Jonathan Goforth. Now, some of you may have heard of him. He was a missionary, great man of God. And he was meeting with the missionaries and they were praying like they should and by the way, like we should. God would do a great work. And he said, amazingly, you know, we started praying, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, search hearts, the people that we're going to be reaching and, and such preaching to, teaching. Lord, remove the obstacles for your work. And he said, amazingly, they found that the obstacles were all in the missionaries. That the missionaries had things that they needed to confess. You know, let's think about something. We just sang, I surrender all. It was a prayer. This was not just a song we were singing. We were singing a prayer to God. All to Jesus, I surrender. Now stop and think about that. Tim, as he was talking about this, he said, he says, I've found so many times when I get up, you know, I'm going to these places to preach and the problem is me. I'm the one that's in the way. And I agree with him. I, I tell you what, there's a reason why we need to pray with the psalmist. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. You know, our God, I, I, turn to Psalm 85, would you please, real quick? Our God has a desire. He has a passion for us to fulfill the great commission. Now, now, now listen. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's not a suggestion. But we wind up, so often we wind up having excuses or quite honestly, the word of God can be opened before us and ever so subtly, uh, we just say, no. One of the things that I preached while I was at Ambassador is how I was listening to the lies of the devil. I am rejoicing in the, in, in the feedback I'm getting. There are young people that were there that realized 
they were listening to the devil as well. Uh, one young lady sent her list to Megan. You know, th this is what I've been believing. You know, maybe you're there as well. Maybe we need, we've got work to do. I really, I almost, I almost went to this verse today. Psalm 85, verse six. Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Now, now listen, listen, please, please listen. Right now, right, right now, just right now. Could you understand this? I, I'm not coming to you as your pastor on this. I'm coming as a fellow Christian, a fellow laborer. Do you not want to serve the Lord? I, I, it's like, Lord, th this is real. As, as, we're, as we're going to see but there is work that needs to be done. Just follow me, follow me if you would on this. Go back to where we have been. Go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Now, Rich Tozier, Rich Tozier is going to be here in two weeks. My desire is to pray greatly in the next two weeks, weeks that God will do a work here. Not for my glory, not for our glory, but for his. Would you please bear with me? Would you please listen? Don't say no to the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would just speak in a great way. Lord, truly, our eyes are upon thee. And I pray that every person in here meant it when they sang, all to Jesus I surrender. Lord, help us to understand the times that we're in. Your will truly be done. I pray in Christ's name, amen. And Lord, keep me out of the way. So Psalm 37 this is where we started out. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Why? For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, wither as the green herb. He kind, of, he kind of says that all over again later on, as we'll see, if I get that far today. But, you know, with everything that is going on, let, let's not fret. I understand that our senator, Dianne Feinstein, died. And with some, their response is, I'm talking Christians or people on the right, <clears throat> their response has not been that good. Now listen, there are people that we get frustrated with, but listen to me. Another eternal soul stepped into eternity. You listening? Another eternal soul. I'll never forget years ago, David Gibbs was telling this. He was at a dinner and Diane Feinstein sat 
literally right next to him. She knew who he was. I'm not sure exactly what the, old, the, the whole situation was about the dinner. But while they were there, she leaned over to Dave and said, your people hate us. And he said, no, we don't. She said, no, you, you, you haven't seen my email. Your people hate us. And he said, well, ma'am, uh, I'm sorry about that because my Bible says that we are to pray for you and you can't hate people you're praying for. And by the way, I pray for the president. I pray for our governor, his family. We need to, we need to do this right, folks. Diane Feinstein used to be the mayor of San Francisco, as some of you know, back in the 70s. And I remember when Ron Allen, my friend Pastor Ron Allen, Calvary Baptist in San Francisco, took his whole youth group, good-sized group, over to her house and sang Christmas carols to her. And she was very appreciative. He said she even got tears in her eyes. She was just so happy for them to be there. His brother, Pastor Allen's brother, ran the anti-drug campaign for the mayor in the city of San Francisco. The theme of it was, say nope to dope. I still think that's a good idea. Say nope to dope. But the point is, is there were people around her that gave her the gospel, that showed her a Christian testimony. What happened? I don't know. I met with her only once when I was in, uh, when I was in Washington, D.C., and it was with a small group of people. I wasn't able to talk to her personally. Nice lady. But it's sad because her sins were paid for as well, as well as mine and yours. Let's stop and think about that. You know, maybe, maybe, just maybe, our Lord would have us praying a little bit different than Lord smite them hip and thigh and all, you know, et cetera. No, no. Look again, Psalm 37. Look at verse three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Now we remember this. Hey, this, this, this is what we do. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. God's got your back. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I'm not going to re-preach that message now because I want to get to the next. Look at verse 5 and listen carefully. Commit thy way unto the Lord. What's that mean, preacher? It means all to Jesus I surrender. Roger, once again, you did it, brother. God did it through you. You chose what needed to be sung this morning. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, please, again, stay in with me. Set aside the thoughts that come out, 
you know, I'm glad to see, I'm glad to see you. By the way, Tim is here. He's the brother of Katya. Tim, thank you so much for being here. Katya is really bitter against her brother. She doesn't want us to know that, but you've got to pray for her because of his, his, how tall he is. So I told her, listen, when you get to heaven, you're going to be nine foot six. No problem. There you are. But seriously, Tim, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it big time. We're to roll over onto God everything. Our burdens, our plans, our trust. Listen, everything. Look again. That's what that word commit means. Give it all to him. Do you think the Lord might know what to do with your life and mine? But now look at the word way. The word way there means lifestyle. It has the idea of a well-traveled path. So here we've been, time and again, all through life, some of us a few decades, others a few more, and, 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 and we're going through our routine where we've, we've chosen certain ways to live, certain ways to exist, to respond, all these things. He, he says, listen, commit, roll it completely over to him. All of it, that well-traveled path, in other words, all to Jesus, I surrender. Now, I, I, I'm, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. I know that right now, as we're getting into this, because you've got the same kind of heart that I've got, in our flesh, this is what we begin to do. You know, preacher, I, I'll go so far, but no more. No wonder America is in the shape it's in. It's not, the, the, the fault is not in the devil's crowd. Look, Jesus Christ had thousands following him, which became hundreds, which became 12, which became three. By the time he was on the cross, it was down to one that was at the cross. But then afterwards, it started to grow again. And then there was the 120 and the Holy Spirit came. By the way, do you have the Holy Spirit? Now be careful how you answer. How many of you have trusted, you've truly trusted Christ as Savior? Say amen. amen. The Holy Spirit is in you. So the 120 came and they and they were there at Pentecost praying. And next thing you know, the 120 become thousands and then tens of thousands. And the gospel goes out and people are saved. But it started with 120 who said, yes, Lord, all to Jesus I surrender. Now, I want your body is here. I want your mind. I want your attention in this building and on the, on the word right now. Because what I'm going to tell you, the Lord wanted me to share with you. I mean, it's all like that. 
But you'll see what I mean, I hope and pray. The path of our lives changes in Christ. We're not just living things out and then, oh, Lord, thank you. By the way, I had a great time on earth, but you know something? You know, it's so good to be here now. That's not the gospel work. That's not the life that Christ gave us. 1 Corinthians 6.20, for ye are bought with a what was the price? The blood of Christ. The precious blood of Christ. I was at a ball game watching um, my brother-in-law's, sister-in-law's grandson, and there was a man there at, at, the, uh, at the ball game, and I thought it was just so neat. That's basically what he said right there. I, you know, bought with the blood of Christ. I thought, praise God, that's great. Folks, that's us. That's us. Therefore, because of that, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, this isn't the, we're going to get to Psalm 37. But if we can't get past verse 5, we're not going to have the blessings that come later. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. I, I, you know, I go through this verse. This is one of the verses that I read through. That's part of my purpose verse. 1 Peter 2, 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, you know, some, one time or another, some of us, maybe most of us, I don't know, we thought at one time, man, wouldn't it be great to have been on earth when Christ was here? It would have been as he was here physically, but he's still here. And have you noticed the times that we're living in? What a time to serve our God. When Rich Tozier gets here in two weeks, I want him to dig deep, and I mean by God's grace, turn us inside out, help us to see the opportunity that we have. We need to awaken to some situations. I, listen, it was amazing to me. You say, well, they were young. No, that's not the reason. Here were some young people that I was preaching to this last week. It was incredible. You know, again, you mention something and they all start writing it down. Well, that's because they're going to get tested on it. No, they're not. They're just hungry. Remember what that was like? Remember when you couldn't wait to learn something else from God's word? Now, I'm, I'm not accusing. Please do not misunderstand. But every person in here living today has an opportunity to serve God from this day forward, and you don't know how that might be. You just don't know. Could you imagine if Sean could come back right now? Hey, Sean, would it be worth it serving God? <laughs> 
Now, he wouldn't say anything. Yeah, he would. I want you to go to Titus chapter 2, if you would, please. This is another place where I have one of those verses. I, I want you to hear this out. It's got a word that you found also in 1 Peter 2.9. This is another passage, actually the last verse here, where I, I go through, when I go through my purpose verses, I read it. Look at verse 11, Titus chapter 2, look at verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Grace in one way, shape, or form has gone to every person that has ever lived and is living right now. If somebody wants to get saved, they can. Teaching us, now watch this, that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's where we start confessing. How many of you would agree that the world has enough worldly professing Christians? What's needed right now is people who will live what the Holy Spirit has, has put in them, the power to serve Christ. Verse 13, what drives us? Hey, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I ask you something? Are you really desirous to see him? You know, I want to be there. But we're here right now. So let's remember this. Look at verse 14. Watch this. This has been so talking to me this week. Who gave himself for us. He gave himself on that cross for us. That he might redeem us from all iniquity. This, this is a buying back... Listen, that, that word, hey, he reached out, he brought you for, with himself. He paid the price to get you to himself from all iniquity and purify unto himself. Now look at this last phrase. A peculiar people, zealous of good works. Now when we think of peculiar... <laughs> What do we think of? Strange, weird, pastor, you know, something like that. You know, it means different. We're, we're, we're different now, a peculiar people that, that, are, that are different. This world is not our home. A peculiar people, listen, zealous of good works. You know one of the lies that the wicked one tries to get us to believe is? You gotta beg God. You gotta beg God for him to work. That's a lie. If I could put it this way, the Lord has his 
racing shoes on. The Lord's all set. Our problem is we get in the way. We're supposed to, you know, set aside the weights and the besetting sins. And so I'm praying, you know, I mean, my soul, I'm getting in front of these young people. It's like, Lord, (laughs) they're a a third my age or younger, but God, I pray that you'd speak to them. This is where we've got to be at. If you're here to listen to Mike Rogers, you are going to be sorely disappointed. But if you're sitting in those chairs and you're seeking in your life, Forget me. Let, let, this, let, the, let the, 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 the tool fade into the background. Listen to the word. The question, are we in a position to be zealous of good works? You know, sometimes I feel like, you know, we're forgetting the, we're forgetting the instance of that, uh, of that old guy in the Civil War. He wanted to join, you know. He wanted, he wanted to join the, uh, the Confederacy, but he wanted to join. He said, look, you know, you're old. So they wouldn't let him in. Didn't matter. He got his rifle. He went going. And guess what he found? He found him a bunch of Union soldiers. Marched them back into the camp. And they're all watching him going, how, how in the world did you do that? He said, hey, listen, the woods are full of them. Go get your own. He just had a passion. Zealous of good works. Now, this is where we stop and we start thinking, am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? Have I given all to my Savior? Have I truly surrendered? Let me tell you, If in your heart of hearts you were lying this morning when you sang that, we got a major problem. You've got a major problem. We want to set aside the sin, folks. There's too much going on. You say, well, yeah, but you know, we can't do everything. You know, we're not a big church. Christ started out with 12, and one betrayed him, and they all forsook him. And only one was found at the cross. But God reversed that. And the Holy Spirit was able to work. You know, this is what I used to teach the teenagers. And I've said it here before. I'm only one, but I am one. I can't do everything, but I can do something. And what I can do, by the grace of God, I will do. I can't remember where I got that. It's not original with me. But the point I'm trying to make is that we are on the threshold of one of the greatest opportunities to serve God. I mean, you stop and consider this. Missions giving, what a joy it's been. Roger, you started out with $5 a week. I remember we were poor as all get out there in Santa Maria teaching Christian school, but we thought we'd step out and we gave a whopping $20 a month to Faith Promise. And I mean, we were, you know, three little kids and we were drinking powdered milk. And, you know, it just, but I am so glad for that. 
Praise God what the Lord has done with that. So as we continue, and I've got a little bit longer, I'm not going to be able to get this done, but would you please bear with me? Please. Go back to Psalm 37. Look again. Look again. Now, I'm, I've got a lot of scripture I'm going to be giving you. Again, commit thy way unto the Lord. And in the committing, in the rolling over, trust also in him. So a question is this. What do we do? If this is what we're supposed to, you know, what do we do? What, what are some steps that we ought to take? All right, starting right here, first of all, we're going to praise God for our salvation. 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Listen, you saved? Praise God. If you are, guess what? No matter what you go through, you know what you're going to have when you finally do meet Christ? You're going to be sharing in his glory. Does that say anything? I hope and pray so. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17, Paul said, for our light affliction, which by the way is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The things that we see, guess what we see? We see chaos. We see it seemingly being Satan winning. Guess what? Satan lost 2,000 years ago. Do you believe that? If you don't, you're believing the lies of the wicked one. Listen, you need to get on board. Listen to me. Rejoice in the salvation that you have. Because if you're not going to now, either you don't have it for then, or you're going to wind up showing a weakness when things do get tougher. And guess what? Things are going to get tougher. That's not a scare tactic. That is a fact. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And all God's people said, listen, let's roll over the future of our time here on earth and just praise God we have a home in heaven. He's going to walk us there. Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Look at verse, that verse again. Trust also in him. 
and he shall bring it to pass. I read something by Spurgeon that was really interesting. I never, you know, the way he puts it, I, I just thought, man, that's really neat. Listen to this about this. The plowman sows and harrows and then leaves the harvest to God. What can he do else? He cannot cover the heavens with clouds or command the rain or bring forth the sun to create the dew. He does well to leave the whole matter with God. And so to all of us, it is truest wisdom, having obediently trusted in God to leave results in his hands and expect expect a blessed issue. You know why we sometimes falter at trusting God? Because we've gotten used to half-hour segments on the television. Here's the problem. By the time six commercials go through and 27 minutes, bam, they got the solution. If we gave out a gospel track today, we want to see seven people walking the aisle next Sunday. That's not how it is. How many of you, how many of you like to plant? I'm, I'm sorry, somebody had, how many of you like to plant? Okay, good. Um, Brother Reyes, um, when you plant, do you stand there and, and wait for the plant to come up? He's, I know, you see, Brother Reyes, he, he's got to have a good comeback because it's the preacher. Okay. Yeah, listen, nobody stands there, you know, plant, water, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, you know, we're, we, 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 we got supper later on. I'm waiting, you know, I need some corn. Lord, at least the peas. Lord, can, no, that's not it. It's called investment. It's like people that, you know, they invest in the stock market and they want to be millionaires before the weekend. That doesn't happen that way. That means, folks, listen, we need to do like what Brother Whiteside, Brother Whiteside's praying for 16. I'm telling you, if there are 16 people that show up for visitation, I'm telling you, I'm giving him every one of my prayers, my prayer requests. No, but seriously, Spurgeon is right. The farmer doesn't have any control over the rain. He can do this. He can plant the seed. He can bring in, you know, whatever is needed for that. He can water it when he can. And then he waits because the rest is up to what God has created and will do. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, it was, it was a joy to talk to people, uh, to talk to people that, you know, they've trusted Christ. When we were, when we were traveling, we, we got messed up Friday night, so we wound up having a late night pizza in Salt Lake City. 
And uh, this young lady came up and she served us and stuff and things were a little bit late and we said, hey, no problem. And then, I said, where are you from? She was from um, eight, Indonesia. Indonesia. Well, living in Salt Lake, thought, well, maybe she's Mormon. No, she's a born-again Baptist. And she's getting ready to go see her mom in a country. She hasn't been there in 23 years. She wants prayer. I loved it. And there were others that we, that we talked to just like that. But it was wonderful. By the way, her name is Martin. Pray for her. But, you know, what a joy to meet up with God's folks and give them encouragement. Listen, God is in control. Folks, I could, I, I could preach for another hour. I think, I think what I'm, I, I don't want to cram all this in. I, I want us to glean everything we can from here. So very, I'm, I'm not going to go any further. We're going to wind up coming back to this. There, there's so much more. But listen to me. Can we at least get this? Brother Whiteside had us saying, I surrender all. And we're looking to this, that we need to commit, literally roll over our entire lives. Commit thy way, that well-worn path. Let God choose our path. Whatever changes that he wants to make, let him do it. I tell you where we mess up. Now, now hear me out, please. I tell you where we mess up. We wind up getting this idea. God can't use me all that much. When did he tell you that? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you trusted God this week like you've never trusted him before? Lord, in this area, I'm going to trust you. And oh, how he surprised you. Are you fully surrendered? I'm asking myself that. I really want God to work. Like I said, listen, in two weeks, Brother Tozer has always been used of God here. I want to see him be used of God to do a great work. 